Welcome to StarCast from Planet Waves. I'm Eric Francis Coppolino, your astrologer here with the edition for February 1st, 2024, accompanying the monthly Planet Waves horoscope for February. Finally, a new horoscope column out. Thank you for those who have patiently awaited. We've run uh, quite a few excerpts from somewhere in between during the month of uh, January, and that has just been a matter of practicality. There's only so much that one person can write. And anyway, I am back with a new horoscope and a new article covering the beginning phase of Pluto in Aquarius here. And I'll tell you a little bit about that chart and what I'm seeing in it. And that kind of series of charts, actually, that starts to take effect around mid-February, somewhat around the time of the new moon on the 9th. Uh, first, a bit about the moment that we are in, just to uh, just to tune you in. Uh, we, we, all of us now, are at in bulk, approximately uh, the cross-quarter, the midpoint of the winter season in the northern hemisphere and the summer season in the southern hemisphere. Funny how that works, isn't it? And basically, uh, the how do I say this? All right, so uh, you may be familiar with the equinoxes and the solstices. The equinoxes and the solstices are when the sun forms a 90-degree angle to one of the tropics. That The tropics include the Tropic of Capricorn, Tropic of Cancer, and the equator. And then there are moments in between uh, when we reach the midpoint between an equinox and a solstice or vice versa. And right now, on February 1st, that's what Groundhog Day is, we are midway between the southern solstice, that would be the winter solstice here in the northern hemisphere, and the vernal equinox. And when you get at the midpoint, then there's something called a cross-quarter day. These are important holidays, or they are focal points of of holidays. Uh, For example, things that hover around the cross-quarter day here are Groundhog Day, and then there is also Valentine's Day. That's kind of the big one. There's a few others, Uh, and they tend to be concentrations of civil holidays around a natural event. This is a holdover uh, from more traditional times, and most people have forgotten that there is this uh, beautiful uh, natural symmetry working in the background. And uh, so that, that's where we are right now. Uh, and so this is the, the balancing point, the tipping point between uh, two seasons. It, is, uh, it happens with the sun in Aquarius. That is a fixed sign. And the cross quarters always happen in a fixed sign. And they represent the most stable part of the season. Uh, another example of a cross-quarter day is Beltane. That happens uh, in the first week of May. And then another is uh, Lamas or Lunessa. Most people don't know about that. That's the, the first harvest or second planting festival. It's uh, the first of the harvest festivals that then run for about 90 days through Sawen, which is written Samhain. I really wish it was looked differently on the printed page. But Sawen, uh, which became... Halloween in our calendar. So um, we, we are kind of crawling around on the ruins of the Celts and the Druids, um, modern day 
revival Wiccanism pays attention to all of this stuff and has rituals and festivals. And personally, I find it to be a great deal of fun to understand the kind of natural calendar hanging out behind this artifice of the civil calendar with its 29-day months and leap years, a 28-day month, and it's 30 days. It's all kind of all over the place, and the days of the week never really line up with the dates. Anyway, so here we are at the cross quarter, and that basically means that the, uh, the, the season will now begin to slip into the next one. One last thing, for those of us in the north, the Northern Hemisphere, rather different hemisphere than the Southern Hemisphere in bulk. Our whole, the whole thing is based on Northern Hemisphere observations. Because the, the, <clears throat> everything from Greece to Egypt to England and Ireland and all the places where these things were being uh, cooked up, and you know, in Iran and this, all, all uh, Northern Hemisphere uh, places. Uh, but the word in bulk means in the milk. <clears throat> and the milk is the is the milk of the the stars and the milk of the darkness of the very long nights. In the Catholic uh, tradition, this holiday was transformed into something called Candlemas. Everything's a, a mass for the Catholics. <laughs> they want you to come to mass, and the idea was that you would uh, count up the. The the, uh, the number of candles you had in store, and if you had enough candles left, uh, you would light a candle in every window and illuminate your house during the darkest time of winter. I'm sure some of that tradition gets retrofitted to Christmas lights, which are very lama uh, in bulky and uh, candle mossy lighting up uh, the, the, the windows all right anyway with that warm-up introduction here very early in the morning in the astrology chalet in rosendale new york um, this is probably my last project here i'm heading out in the morning um, let's consider the rest of the chart so at this moment uh on on the first probably about 12 hours ahead of you hearing this. Uh, the moon is in late Libra. The moon's been through kind of a turbulent patch over the past uh, 24 hours. Not sure if anyone noticed it, but the moon uh, made a square to Mars and uh, overnight and a square to uh, Mercury and an opposition to Eris. And ahead of that, earlier in the week, it made an opposition to Chiron. So uh, not sure how uh, you know, you've know you been doing emotionally. Lib Libra moon can be pretty stable and, uh, and buoyant. And these, uh, these square lunar aspects don't always cause turbulence uh, or relate to turbulence. But Sometimes they do, and uh, I imagine with uh, this Libra moon looking at a uh, potentially fruitful, creative time. So let's see when the moon enters Scorp Scorpio. That's what that's what it does. So the, uh, from uh, since I'm I'm recording well ahead of distribution time, uh, the moon entered Scorpio 3:37 p.m. Eastern time on the first and. Of course, now when the moon enters uh, a fixed sign, it's going to make an aspect to Pluto. So the first thing that the moon does when it enters Scorpio is it immediately, over the course of the next hour, makes a square to Pluto. And then it reaches 
uh, <clears throat> tomorrow is square to the sun, and so that is last quarter approaching the lunar new year on the ninth. We'll come back. Uh, we'll come back to that. Okay. So um, the the moon in a fixed sign, Scorpio, is also talking to Jupiter in a fixed sign, in addition to Pluto, and also uh, to Uranus in a fixed sign. So we get, anyway, an exciting uh, couple of days of the moon with the moon in Scorpio. Again, uh, trying Saturn, opposing Jupiter, square the sun, and opposite Uranus, trine Neptune. That's a busy moon for a few days. So keep yourself engaged and, uh, you know, do your train spotting. Make sure you get on the right train. Now, uh, the what was there was one really ah one thing before i get into the new moon chart right now we are in a jupiter saturn sextile that jupiter and saturn the two most massive planets uh with with approximately 200 natural satellites among them two little mini solar systems that orbit our sun um are in a 60 degree aspect. For those of you new to astrology or perhaps advanced in astrology, the 60-degree aspect is a stable, useful, helpful aspect. And when you put Jupiter and Saturn in a sextile, which does not happen very often, it happens, uh, I don't don't know off the top of my head how many, uh, every how many years, but it's going to be many years before we get this again. Uh, it, it, there's a kind of a natural force holding things together. That natural force is in effect now. Appreciate it while you have it. Uh, take the chance to make the changes that you need to make now. Uh, as the spring unfolds, and it will be a very interesting spring, as it does unfold, Jupiter moves out of the sextile with Saturn and into a conjunction with Uranus. That is somewhat of the opposite energy. So we move from this uh, holding steady phase into a kind of unpredictable and high action phase. And this takes place through the month of April. We're a little bit ahead of ourselves. Okay, so let's let's go to the, uh, hopefully haven't gone on too long uh, to lose your interest here. Um, The chart I used for the monthly horoscope is the chart for the Aquarius new moon about one week from now, Feb 9, 2024. It's at 5.58, 58 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's about a minute before 6 o'clock on February the 9th. The day of the week of February 9th is a Friday, so one week from tomorrow. And uh, this is a chart that is kind of uh, spring-loaded. For one thing, it is the Lunar New Year, so it is the new year for much of the world. I don't know about most of the world. I would maybe say, it well, it could be at least half the world. Pretty much all of Asia. That's a large place. In fact, it's many, many, many large places. India, I think they do their own thing. But everything that's ever been influenced by China or Buddhism uh, celebrates the Lunar New Year on the 9th of February. All right. And so this is a conjunction of the moon and the sun. And it is, um, it is, it is conjunct an asteroid. 
And the asteroid is Icarus, a dependable one. Icarus is about peak experiences. And so um, we get a commencement of the Year of the Dragon uh, with a symbol included in there, encrypted in there, about peak experiences, like uh, liking your sugar sweet or... Uh, you know, wh- wh- why, uh, why, why just climb Killington when you can climb up K2 or something like that? So genuinely peak experiences. And uh, Mercury is uh, in Aquarius for this as well. And uh, that Mer- Mer- Mercury is, is the caution to know when you don't know. This is very challenging. I've been talking about this on Planet Waves FM and sorting out this whole uh, concept of epistemology and when, when, how do you know when you know when, when, and how do you know when you don't know? It's a tricky question for humans who tend to make a lot of assumptions. Okay, now the thing about this chart, apart from the fact that it's the Lunar New Year, is that um, if you um, look, you'll see, I'll put a scan of the chart in on the lower right kind of uh halfway between the lower right and the far right, i.e. the fifth house, um, there are a group of quick-moving planets uh, that are about to make a conjunction to Pluto. Now, Mercury has already made the conjunction to Pluto. I've got this included in the article. That'll be followed by Mars. That'll be followed by Venus. All of this through mid-February. And so what you have there is the inner planets coming along and one by one making a conjunction to uh, to Pluto, which looks initiatory to me. We've seen this before, but we haven't seen it with Pluto in Aquarius. And so what we have is this new, somewhat abstract, uh, remote energy of Pluto in Aquarius, uh, where it has not, for, except for a couple of weeks last year, it hasn't been there <clears throat> since uh, Benjamin Franklin was installing lightning rods on things. And when inner planets, close by, local planets associated with human thought, human feeling, human action, desire, choice, and values, and that mainly are Venus, Mars, and Mercury— uh, one by one, make a conjunction to Pluto. That is going to bring the Pluto and Aquarius effect closer to us. So we will get a a different feeling for what uh, a new feeling for what Pluto in Aquarius is about. Uh, this is a bigger change than nearly anyone recognizes. It is a change in the entire background of reality. It's going to come with many events specific to, uh, to to this astrology, as Pluto and Capricorn came with many events specific to everything in the Capricorn structure, that being banking and government and insurance and things like that. And we're still, uh, we're going to be cleaning up the mess of Pluto and Capricorn for quite a long time. Uh, Aquarius is more accustomed to uh, tearing everything down and rebuilding it in five minutes if you have the budget, or maybe in five years if you have the budget. Uh, But Capricorn has represented the physical world, and now with Pluto and Aquarius, we're more decidedly in uh, the, 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 the kind of property of evolution and growth and soul has more distinctly moved into the digital 
realm. And so I think we are going to have a lot of uh, re- re- <clears throat> revelatory experiences. We're going to start to find out where we are here in the digital realm uh, and what a delicate bubble it is that we are floating on. And uh, as we determine how interested we are in preserving our humanity. It really is that simple, that uh, this is the choice, this is the question that we have, is how interested are we in being human now that being human is uh, is, is essentially up for grabs? Uh, because there are so many uh, ways that we're having essentially our humanity either kind of washed out from under us or sold out from under us. And the thing is, this is all going on with technology, technology being something solidly represented by Aquarius. And the, the, uh, the, the history of the human race is that it never is really paying attention to what is happening when these technological advances come upon us. It's just always some new, interesting, fascinating thing, some bright, shiny object. Now we're up to, you know, the the next iPhone or the next Android and the next Note and the next whatever. And there, there's never really the serious question asked, where are we? Where are we going? <clears throat> and what are we doing? Please pardon my froggy voice. It's still quite early and uh, I'm not really warmed up. Okay, I think that is most of what I have to say. Uh, I have written about this chart uh, thematically and astrologically in an essay that comes with the monthly horoscope. The monthly horoscope is based entirely on the astrology of this chart. The weekly resumes next week, and I uh, plan to stay on schedule. I want to thank you for making Somewhere in Between a tremendous success. It has been the most successful annual Uh, In a good few years, I'm happy to see that people are taking an interest in themselves. My astrology is never really about itself. My astrology is always about you. And uh, that is the value, is that it is a tool, a key to understanding and opening up your inquiry, refreshing your inquiry or initiating your inquiry into the nature of your own existence. In about a week at the new year, we'll be introducing the Eye of the Centaur, the 2024 spring reading, which will focus on Chiron. Look for an, uh, an announcement about that. And I'm planning to have new Planet Waves FM on its seemingly new night, which is Sunday nights. All right. Once again, signing off from the Astrology Chalet in Rosendale, New York. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for your business and your trust. Bye for now.